Welcome to the Breathe and Receive podcast. My name is Alicia McNeil, and I am here to help you manifest and enjoy the life, relationships, and business of your dreams. I believe that each one of us is uniquely designed, and as we become more aligned with the truth of who we are, life becomes much easier, and we get to simply sit back, breathe, and receive all that life has to offer to us. I hope you enjoy this episode and that it brings some entertainment, laughter, and transformation to your day. If it does, it would mean the world to me that you share it with a friend or tag me on social media. Now let's get to the show. Hello, my loves. I have a very exciting episode for you today with my good friend, Cesar Rodriguez. We dive deep into how he shifted from listening to his head and his head and mind guiding him and telling him where he should work, where he should live, what he should do, to hearing a nudge from his heart and soul and beginning to follow that guidance and how that completely transformed his life from feeling this emptiness to feeling full of love and manifesting the most beautiful relationship. And now he has a beautiful baby. And we also dive deep into relationships. And if you've ever been in an experience like me, I I share a bit about dating challenges that I've had where it seems like I Uh, in the past have attracted these incredible guys and men, but they seem to have eyes for other people, but they also wanted to keep me at the same time. And we talk a lot about how that wound is created and how the wound is created in women or people who seem to latch on to those kind of people when really we deserve a lot better. So we dive deep into love and intuition in this episode and what a better day to upload it than Valentine's Day. I didn't even realize when I was scheduling this episode that it would land and be live on Valentine's Day, but of course it is. So I'm excited for you to listen to it. And before we get to the episode, I want to share with you an exciting announcement that you may already know about. The Manifestation Coach Certification begins March 7th. This is a training. If you feel the call to be a life coach and to really help people shift their reality from the inside out to change their inner world, to change their outer world, to deeply love themselves and feel at home and safe in their bodies, then this may be the program for you. It's a three-month program beginning in March. When you graduate, you will have the ability to be a coach, either one-on-one in groups, to do retreats out in the world, to bring in a highly lucrative income while fulfilling your spiritual life purpose. Because if you feel called to be a coach, a teacher, a mentor, or a healer, then there are people out there waiting for you. So if you feel the call to that, you can come learn more and apply at aliciamcneil.com forward slash certification. I'll also link it in the description of this episode. Spaces are very limited and there is an application process, so I wouldn't wait. And now we will get to the show. I have a very special guest with me today. His name is Caesar, and Caesar and I met in Costa Rica about almost two years ago, maybe one and a half years ago. And I realized at the time that we met, I was desiring male friendship that felt very authentic and real and 
after we connected and we had some magical synchronicities, some things that even had us ending, ending up meeting in Miami and spending a week in salsa dancing in Miami to being having these deep conversations on the beach in the jungles of Costa Rica. Now, Caesar is one of my closest male friends, and he's really someone who I can turn to to talk about men and dating and life and love. And he's had such an incredible and inspiring transformation. So he's going to bring that to you today. He recently fell in love with one of my soul sisters, Alana, and they ended up having a beautiful baby. And there's so much that's so special about him. So I'm excited for you guys to hear from him and learn from him. And uh, this episode will be supportive, I think, for both women and men. So hello, Caesar. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Just honored. And I love you. I'm so happy that we're friends and thank you for having me. Oh, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> so I'd love for us to start talking just a little bit about like who you were in your past lifetime. And I mean, in, in this life, but <laughs> in the past and who you are today, because mm. of course there's so many transformations that you've gone through, but maybe the main one that you feel called to share with us. Yeah. <clears throat> I was recently having a conversation about this and it does feel like there's actually several, <laughs> several past lives in, in <laughs> one, right? Um, but I think perhaps the most recent transformation was just going from being a very driven person, um, I mean, in my in my very late teens, early twenties, what drove me was was money, and and then I kind of saw the emptiness there, and and I became an entrepreneur at twenty four, and mostly just kind of took it easy, you know, and I was like, oh, this is cool, I get to hang out with my friends, do what I want, and and then life was great. Uh, but then the drive now became like making a difference in the world. You know, that's where the drive went. Actually, I took a, a, I think this 3A program that was like so transformative. I completed the whole curriculum and I saw how that organization was making such a big difference for people. And I was like, oh my God, everybody needs to do this. <laughs> and, and then I started working more in that than even in my own marketing agency. And and, and yeah, so it was very interesting for me to see how like, I even in such an altruistic purpose, how I could still like lose myself, you know? So um, it wasn't until 2020, the very end of 2020, that that something shifted for me, you know, like everything was going quite well. Despite the pandemic, I had a really great year in business. I was getting along so well with my family and and then I would just feel empty at times you know like you know those moments like later at night before dinner but you're done with work and just kind of sitting there at the office and just really feeling like something off and I had no idea what mm. and, and I would get coaching from like the top people in that organization that were my mentors and everything and 
and I would implement the coaching. Basically, I needed to keep more present my why. You know, they were saying like you're forgetting why you're doing what you're doing. And I was like, okay, I need to do a better job at keeping that present for myself. And that would make a difference for every like a week, but then I'd end up right back in that. So, so then um, I wound up doing an Akashic record reading the day before. I had already scheduled a ayahuasca ceremony. It's December 18th and 19th of 2020. I'm never going to forget that. And and that was life changing. You know, I mean, ayahuasca was life changing every time I did it. Uh, that wasn't the first time, but that was that was just like whoa for me because I saw in that ceremony that basically uh, you could call it like my higher self or what something that sounded like and knew what it was talking about basically spoke to me and it felt very real for me and it said you know your journey as a as this uh, program leader in this organization is over you know for me like coming back coming out of that journey I was just like wait what no way <laughs> uh yeah and i tend to make notes when i'm when i'm in ceremony and sometimes it even feels like the notes write themselves um some people call it like automatic writing like channeling and i guess i never thought so much of myself but it definitely i've definitely had the experience of like having a conversation with someone in my notepad you know it's like i write my question and it writes the answer or something like that totally <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so 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 yeah it said yeah write an email to everybody tomorrow acknowledge them for their contribution thank them and say bye <laughs> you know and i was just like whoa and then it even said you're gonna want to think twice about this tomorrow don't mm. <laughs> that sounds scary <laughs> yeah yeah and if it wasn't because i had a, a very good friend of mine named gaia there with me in that ceremony um and, and i asked her to like hold me to account for that i i don't know if i would have pulled through with that because it was you know it might sound funny but like it's probably the toughest decision of my life you know i had poured six years of my life into developing myself as a program leader as a coach in in that methodology and and then to just like walk away from it all was just like huge you know and and it didn't make sense to anybody that I spoke to when I, I called 24 people I scheduled one-on-one -on -one conversations to say hey I'm leaving and I want to get the impact on you that I'm leaving I want to hear from you what it's what that's like so I heard everybody out and and tried saying what I needed to, to what I could to have them understand. And it didn't make sense for some. So I was just like, look, I don't know what to tell you. It's just what, what I feel, you know? And that was probably the shift, you know, cause I, it was like new language. It's, it, it might sound silly for some people. Cause like, hello, like, what do you mean? Feel is a new thing. But for me, that methodology was so brainy, mm -hmm. you know, that we actually, it wasn't about like how you feel. Sometimes it was like, forget about how you feel because your feelings, can't trust your feelings. You might feel one way uh, at one time and a different way at another time. And if you are relying on that to produce the results that you want to produce in your life, you're not going to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, but for me, it was just, I was just like in full trust of my, of my, what I would feel in my heart, you know? And that was like such a new thing for me. I was just like, it just feels like the right thing for me. And that's what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, I love so, that. 
so yeah, I mean, I could talk about more about what happened next, but I'll kind of leave it there for now. No, please continue. Do you have oh. anything you want to say? Yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean, you, okay, so you went into this ayahuasca ceremony. I actually, I, I knew like bits and pieces of this, but I've never heard yeah. this in depth. So you received this guidance that this path isn't for you anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you, of course, you were so mature and thoughtful and um, scheduled a one-on-one session with 24 people that you were working with to share mm-hmm. with them that you're leaving and you wanted to hear the impact. So then, of course, you followed through with that decision. Mm-hmm. And what happened next? I'm on the tip of my, <laughs> my seat. <laughs> when I had, I, I guess I left the toughest person for last, you know, I was like, the, like my, the main mentor person accountable for the whole state of Florida. And, and there was a tough conversation because he challenged me on every point. He's like, he's like, you're just resisting your leadership, right? You're confronted with the next level of your leadership and you don't want to deal with it. And, and, you know, when someone's been your mentor, like you, you, you kind of, it's almost like anything that they say is like the gold, you know? And, and and yeah, it was it was a challenging conversation, but eventually the only thing that kind of got the conversation to a conclusion was me saying, "Hey, look, you know what? I might be resisting accountability. I might be resisting my leadership. This could be my identity or my ego uh, being defiant. You know, all those points might be true. I guess I don't know. However, this is what I feel." Uh, is the right thing for me right now. And that's what I'm going to go with. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as I got off that phone call, I, I was so confronted, like for like a good better part of five minutes. I was just like, fuck it. I just make the worst decision of my life. And, and in the ceremony, just a week before that I had seen, like I had, I had this moment with like rainbow lights, you know, even though I was in this dark room, there's a crystal lamp and I, and I'd been crying in this moment of like connecting with my mom and whole other story there. Um, suddenly I saw rainbow lights and I remember my mom saying, I know when my guides talk to me cause I see the rainbow. I know it's them. <laughs> you know? So, so I get off the phone. I'm in the city. I like I'm in downtown Miami. I like a little park there, Biscayne, Biscayne Bay park. And, and, and I look up at the skyline with all the buildings and there was this one piece of a rainbow between two buildings, you know, and I, I guess internally I was saying, I was saying to myself, man, if, if I could speak to my guides or something, whoever's out there to like, help me, you know, that I made the right decision. Like, that would be, that'd be great. You know, and I look up and I see that rainbow, you know, and I realize nobody else is noticing this beautiful rainbow between two buildings. It was like a very unique thing. And, and then I just smile and I'm like, whoa. Um, and a message kind of came to me in that moment. I'm not one that gets many downloads at random, but in that time, yeah, I remember something like something came through and I, I wrote it even. It was like, you know, there's no such thing as a, as a right path, right? Life isn't like this already set out path that, that you need to, that you need to follow. You know, the beauty, the beauty of life is that it's a creation, right? And if you do have moments of resonance where you might, see a sign like that you feel like okay this is it for me that's just your soul saying that okay this is 
this is how I get to express myself fully, you know? So yeah. I was just like, whoa, okay. And, and then I put all my stuff in a storage unit and I came to Costa Rica. And part of what I, what I saw in that journey through that, well, through the Akashic Record reading and that ceremony was there was just this pain. And the reason why I had been feeling miserable for like six months or so. And I mean, yeah, there was just stuff that I'd been carrying my entire life that was undealt with that I was, that was also the source of how come my relationships with women didn't work or at least they didn't work to the extent that they didn't in a way they were beautiful and they really worked, but they outcome wasn't what I intended. So, so yeah, um, I was just like, okay, well, I took the advice of, of the Akashic record reader, which is, which I was, which, which was, you got to go to your pain. My question was, how do you heal it? Right. I saw that pain. I'm like, what do I do about it? She's like, you have to go to your pain and be willing to break down in your pain. Mm-hmm. And, and this identity that you've created for yourself, you know, where you shoved aside all the parts of you that you decided people don't like and created this very looking good identity, like you have it all together, like that's got to break down mm-hmm. and and feel your pain. And I'm like, okay, Um how do I do that? She's like, well, you could have somebody hold space for you, you know? So, so I went to Costa Rica thinking, okay, Costa Rica is like the healing, the inner healing capital of the world. As far as I'm concerned, you know, funny enough, I had already scheduled like coming to Costa Rica for a month or so with a friend of mine before any of this happened. (laughs) Wow. Of course. (laughs) Like the universe knew all of this was about to happen and it was like pre-planning. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. My my trip to Costa Rica was January 6th of 2021. This ceremony was December 19th. The reading was the 18th of December, but like the end of November, I had already agreed with my friend, all right, we're going to Costa Rica. She bailed. And I was just like, should I still go? I'm like, okay, well, sure. It'd be nice to see the eco villages out there, learn about the people that live off the grid and those alternative communities and maybe connect with a spiritual community. But yeah, my main intention after that, even though the trip was already planned, was to go into a deeper level of my inner healing process. So that's how I got to to Costa Rica and and life and life just uh just took a drastic awesome. change. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, guys, I just want you to (laughs) really notice here how I talk a lot on this podcast about fear and how the universe is always speaking to us and guiding us. And a lot of fear will come up when there's a big decision to make that feels right. And, you know, you just reminded me of something that I used to really tune into. And it's that a lot of times the biggest decisions that feel right for us, everyone is not going to understand and not agree with. And I remember the biggest fear that I ever overcame was starting to share online about Mm. health and fitness back when I was a personal trainer and I wanted to inspire people. And I was like running from the fear for so long. And when I decided to finally start sharing, I didn't tell a soul. I was like, this is a decision for me. I'm going to do it and I'm going to deal with any judgments that come. And I think stepping through 
that scary fear the first time made it so much easier to lean in every next step and every next fear that I was led to, which eventually led to this beautiful life. And that's what I'm seeing in this story you're telling is like, I was led to quit this job. I was led to go to Costa Rica. I was led to do inner healing and little by little, it led you to this beautiful, fulfilling life. So I'm curious, you mentioned back when you would work, like right before dinner, you'd have this feeling where something just fell off. Was that the pain that you needed to heal? And, or, or was that something else? Yeah. I mean, at the time I didn't know what it was. Right. So right. I was just like, why do I feel miserable? I don't understand why, you know, I, I created this life and now here I am like, so like not fulfilled, you know, not happy with it. And, and yeah, it wasn't until I had that reading with that Akashic Record reader. I mean, she probably, she, they nailed it like in the first 10 seconds. All I did was say my name. She had me close my eyes and I opened my eyes. She was like, here's the thing. You're a very stubborn soul. Right? You receive guidance and you don't follow it. And you've strayed so far off your soul purpose that your soul is sad. And the challenge here is that you're so disconnected from your emotions that you don't even know it. And she wanted to explain how it's through your emotions that you connect with your soul. And that was very true for me at that time. I was very disconnected from my emotions and I didn't even know it. Um, so she said that word, sad, or your soul is sad. And that word resonated. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I've just been sad. You know, it hasn't been that disempowered or that I haven't done a good job of remembering my why. No, I'm, it's just, I'm sad because, yeah, there was pain in me that was undealt with. And this is where I think everybody is very unique. Everybody's journey is very different. Uh, I think we all have pain that we carry. You know, I think that's common to every human being. And and I, I don't know that it's a requirement for every single human being to like deal with every ounce of the pain that they carry. I mean, I, I definitely have a lot of respect for people that take that on. But for me, it did feel, it did seem like my soul had a huge commitment to to go down to the depths of like anything that's there and and deal with it so it was just not allowing me to experience joy and bliss like without dealing with that you know does that make sense yeah, it totally makes sense. So for anyone who's listening and is like I resonate with what you're sharing so much, how did you deal with the pain and are you experiencing the joy mm -hmm. and bliss now? Oh yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> night and day. I mean, um let's see. Two months in I already it was already drastically different. And three months in it was even better, six months in it was even better. A year later it was just like, whoa. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like how does it keep getting any better? <laughs> I know. So, so so yeah, I mean the way I dealt with it. Mainly, this is where I I see that there was, um, I mean, you know, it's funny, I get tickled to, to say this because it's so not the language I used to use, but I, I, I see it as divine intervention. Mm -hmm. You know, the combination of my friend saying like, hey, go to this Akashic Record Reader, and then like the trip to Costa Rica being already planned, and even the place where I ended up in Costa Rica being such an isolated place when I was looking for a community. 
I wound up 30 minutes north of Tamarindo because I wanted to be somewhat close to Nasara, but I didn't have a car. So I ended up in this like isolated Tico town that's still like very much all about nobody come out because COVID, you know, and I'd go to a, a restaurant and I'm the only person there. And I'm like, where the hell is everybody? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so the way I ended up dealing with it was just like spending a lot of time alone. Mm. Um, and that that's one of the first things I saw and in my introspection was just how much I used social life to avoid being with the stuff, the deep stuff within my heart, within mm-hmm. myself. Um, the simple life made a, made a big difference. Suddenly I had so much space, you know, I, I quit that organization. So all I had left was my business. I had all these calls that I would do weekly and that was just work and that's it. So like I'd work three hours after breakfast, work three hours after lunch. And like that was after that, I had all the time for myself and, and yeah, I, I got into a, a pretty disciplined routine of like meditating in the morning and stretching every day and going out into nature before work or for a swim in the ocean. And, and then after work, I'd make sure I finish with enough time to go watch the sunset right to like by 5 PM, I was already on the beach. And then I just watch the sunset and then I look to like making fires. You know, I do work with men now. Um, I created a brand called conscious masculinity mm-hmm. and, and then the program that I do actually have men create uh, a fire ceremony for themselves because this was probably one of the most powerful things. And we're talking about like, how did I deal with it? And I, I sat with a fire and this is where I feel like I had just some like invisible facilitator of this two month retreat that I was in. <laughs> Uh, nature and the universe were like my facilitator, you know, because I was interacting with nature in a way that I never even knew to interact with nature. Before right. I knew it, I was, I was having conversations with the fire, you know, and and something came to me one day with the fire, where, where I asked, you know, what in me, what in me needs to burn away to make room for the new me, for for the truth in me, you know, for new life. Um, cause I just observed the fire a lot and I was like, and I thought about the fire and I was like, wow, like without fire in the world, the, the world wouldn't work. You know, sometimes we see big forest fires and we get scared, but really if every tree that ever sprouted from the ground was still laying around like a trunk, like <laughs> that'd be just, we wouldn't fit. There'd be piles of tree trunks everywhere. So the fire burns stuff away in ashes. So there can be room and space for more life. Mm-hmm. So so that's what I asked, like, what in me has to die to create space for new life? And and I started seeing, like, some of my deeper, darker patterns. And it was very confronting. You know, this is where I guess, like, you, you probably have some experience with this, right? Like, sitting with your deepest shadows. Totally. Uh, yeah, I saw very clearly how in relationships I was more interested in. And even though I was saying that, what I'm committed to is creating a long-term committed romantic relationship with a partner. I was actually under the surface subconsciously more interested in keeping my options open. Mm. Cause there was like a boy in me that didn't want to give up the mystery, mm-hmm. right? Like having it, having one partner for the rest of my life. It was, that was just, that was just too confronting for, for the boy in me. You know, it's just like, what? No. And the story ends. No, we need to keep, story going and we need more we need more we need more climax later you know we need more more of a plot and 
more of a plot. (laughs) (laughs) You author of your life. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Especially the partner I had, my my last ex-girlfriend, like it was, everything was just so figured out for the rest of our lives. It was like, um, no. So anyway, that was one thing that I saw. Also, I mean, through synchronicities, I wound up in a, I wound up in a cacao ceremony. <laughs> I never knew anything. I never heard the word cacao ceremony in my life. Uh, but a neighbor tells me, oh, you should follow this, this page. And I follow the page. I see an, an event. Uh, I go to, I rent a car. I go to the event because what the heck? I stay the night. Uh, this is by Nasara, an hour and a half south. I meet somebody there. They're like, oh, we're going to a cacao ceremony tomorrow. I'm like, all right, let's go. And next to me is sitting, a, a sit, this woman is sitting there and we introduce each other. And she's like, oh, I'm a um, biodynamic breathwork, uh, biodynamic, biodynamic trauma release breathwork practitioner specializing in child trauma. Ooh. And I'm like, oh, shit. She's got <laughs> her like, age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, when is your next thing? I'm, I want to do, she's like, I'm actually doing one more before I go. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I'm there. And I came back down in Asara a week later um, and had my very first um, breath work experience. And it was, and it was a key part of the process, right? I'm answering the question as the, of like, how, how did I deal with yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Breath work was key because, uh, this is where I saw that I was still carrying a lot of pain from eight years ago, from a breakup eight years before that. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So, so I'm really hearing here that, you know, the universe is just yeah. always guiding us, call it soul, call it God, call it source nature, but you know, I keep hearing you saying, like, you ask the fire a question, what part of me do I need to release? And then you meet mm-hmm. the woman who does breath work. And then you go to the session and you realize it's this part of you that's still heartbroken or upset for me years ago. So anyone listening, I encourage you to just start communicating more and more with the universe and watch where you're guided. Caesar, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I would love to talk about, do you remember the day on the beach where we went to that like private beach Mm -hmm. and I was healing from a very recent breakup. Um, so as I mentioned in the introduction, there has been a man who I can turn to, to talk about dating, which is so fun because Mm -hmm. I don't know, there's not a lot of men who I would talk to about it. And he really reflects to me his, his male perspective. So I've learned a lot about, men through Caesar. And, um, I've received some really great advice. And on this day on the beach, we started talking about the, hmm, what's the word I want to use just like, okay. So what the challenge that I was having, which maybe some of the women or men listening to this will relate to is the guy that I was dating. We were very interested in each each other. We were even falling in love. However, this man, um, I found out was actively pursuing other women while we were together. And although nothing physically happened, it was kind of like what you said earlier about wanting to know that there's these other options and wanting to have these other connections. Mm -hmm. And you shared with me 
uh, your perspective that day. Would you share something with me again? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was a beautiful day at the beach, right before you left town. Yes, yeah. Very special. Um, yeah, I mean, this is very common uh, amongst us men, uh, especially that we haven't completed a certain extent of our work. By the way, you might hear a little bit of background noise because I'm on, on the main road here. Oh, you um, and what, what happens to a lot of us, you know, I'll say us cause I, I was definitely there myself. It starts with the mother wound, you know? Uh, and it's so interesting to, you know, have a baby son now he's two months old and, and to just watch how like, there's just things that inevitably happen. Um, I mean, we go from, perhaps being a soul or a spirit before coming to earth. And then, I mean, at that point, we're probably connected to like infinite love. And then we come into this little baby human that still wants to experience that infinite love, except you've got two flawed humans <laughs> to provide what the four infinite divine consciousness provided. And inevitably, the mother and the father, they fall short, you know. So um, I saw that for myself, uh, that I didn't get my the love or approval that I wanted from my mom. Mm -hmm. And because I didn't get it from my mom, I then would, I, I would seek it in other women. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what a lot of us men do is we start looking for a woman to give us the approval that we didn't get from our mom. But guess what? That's an unwinnable game for women, right? So you can have the most amazing woman, as your partner who calls you your knight in shining armor, like I did. And it's still not going to be enough, right? Because you're looking for something outside of you that you can only find within yourself, that only you can provide for yourself. So for as long as we have that shadow running us, then we're out there looking for that approval from other women. And one woman can't possibly do that. So then you need to go to the second one and the third one and or from the one to the next one and to the next one and to the next one. Mm. I was so happy when you shared that with me because I always used to, I used to say like, I don't understand. Like, like, I just don't understand why do they need more women? Like when I'm interested in someone, I'm only interested in them. And, yeah. um, and it just didn't make any sense to me. So you explaining that to me and that it's so common, mm -hmm. it, it, it helped me so much see the wound in that kind of man that I was attracting into my life. Mm -hmm. But it also helped me raise my standard because I also remember I told you something along the lines of, well, he told me he's going to change for me. Yeah. <laughs> and you were like, no, he, <laughs> he's not like, because yeah. I wouldn't have, you were like a past version of me. It, I like, I needed to change for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is where it gets very shadowy. You know? <laughs> I don't like using the word toxic very much, but uh, be, because it's almost, you know, we, we have such a drive for approval that, that we know we want it from the other person, but we also want it from you as well. You know? right. <laughs> and, and that's why you see a lot of men like with a hard time closing the door, you know, like sure pursue the other woman, but close the door with this one fully. But a lot of men won't. Mm -hmm. and, and I was one of those people too. In fact, my, uh, my old housemate, like when I was in my early twenties, he, he'd call me the shepherd. 
because he said I'd keep I, I would keep all the women um, inside the pen, you know, in the moment, <laughs> you know, kind of like in the what do you call it? The the bullpen, right? Yeah. So I, that I keep them inside the pen, and that whenever one would try to get out, I would whack them with my staff, and like, no, back in the pen, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, you won't let them free, you know. So. It was a lot of, that's why I recognize this pattern so well in, in men, because I, I had it myself for a long time, you know, it's, and it's a little bit sad because, you know, you won't, you won't fully choose the woman the way she wants to be chosen, but you also won't let her be free so that she can heal her heart and have somebody else choose her. Mm. So good. So if there's, I, I'd love to speak to, the women listening and the men listening. So the women listening who may be in a similar situation, I would say to you, what I learned from this kind of dating experience was to raise my standards and to become available for the kind of guy who is meeting his needs of self-love within himself and who has the intelligence and the um, drive and the uh, desire to meet his own self-love needs. And just through that experience, I mean, the men I've dated since have been more along the lines of what I'm looking for, for sure. And Caesar, I'm curious if you would add to that. And also, what would you say to any men who are listening, who are like, like, for example, maybe back in college, I dated someone who also had a, a similar uh, challenge. And in fact, he cheated on me and I kept taking him back and it was very toxic. And we got to a point where we were just talking and I could see the the wounding in him. And he just broke down crying. And he was like, I don't know why I'm like this. I keep trying to change, but I have demons inside of me. And he just, he really wanted to change, but he didn't know like how to, or why and I, I didn't at the time, like I didn't know anything about any of this. Yeah. Mm, so much to say about what you just said. Is there specific? Yeah. Questions? So let's say a man just comes and asks you, look, I want to have the kind of relationship that's committed and monogamous. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, every time I date an incredible woman, I have, I, I, want to open the door to other women what would you say mm -hmm. to him <clears throat> can i say what i would say to women first yeah because <laughs> <laughs> you brought that up as well and that's like more present for me you know i shared all about the men's shadows and and, and all in the patterns and all that but here's the thing women have their shadows too yes right? and and it's and, and there's polarity right feminine masculine they're like polar opposites. And, and the way that we deal with our shadows is, is, has also like this polar opposite as well. For men, when they're in that shadow where they don't have that love within themselves, for themselves, they're looking for it in so many different women, right? Women, they get super attached to one man, even though he's proving he's not willing to choose you the way you want to be chosen. And they'll just like stand there. You, you shared your example, right? They'll, they'll just stick with him for years, yeah. you know, and like take the, the emotional beating and, and, you know, cry themselves to sleep at times. And just, and, and my, you know, my heart goes out to 
to these women because I see, it's, I see it so much, you know, and uh, it's not very um, rare that, that I have a conversation with some with someone who's in that position. So women as well, I think, have a huge opportunity for their own growth to just uh, give themselves that love that they're looking for in, in someone that's clearly not willing to to choose them and say, oh, okay, it looks like it looks like we're not a match. Uh, thanks for you know giving it a shot with me. I'm gonna go on my own now, you know, and that could be the end of the story, right? But but yeah, so so that's what one thing that I definitely want to say about the, the side of the woman, right? Yeah. And to answer your question about what I would say to to a man, uh, I mean, the first thing I would ask is like, what what do you really want, right? And well, because that's the that's the, um, the first thing that we need to see is what level of clarity do you have around what you want? Mm-hmm. So some men might not be very clear, you know, or they might say they want, no, I actually do. I want a girlfriend. I can see myself with one partner. Right. And then, and then we have to examine, okay, well, what, what have your actions been here? Do they, do they match what you say that you want? And, and if there's someone like who you were referring to earlier, which was in the situation of, okay, I want to, and to be in a relationship, but I, but there's this part of me that also wants to, you know, be with other women, which is probably the most common. Then my advice to them was, would be, uh, how about you just be with you for now, mm. you know? And in the meantime, be very transparent with women about where you're at. Mm-hmm. And, and if a woman wants to kind of, you know, be in that dance while you're actually learning to be there for you, you know, if there's, a certain extent to which in which it could be by your side through that process. Great. But at least be transparent. You know, that's what I found myself uh, sharing in when I came into Costa Rica and I was in that, in the journey uh, after two months of being on my own, I connected with some community again that had me end up here in Santa Teresa. And, and sure enough, I took like a romantic interest in someone and, and then I could just catch my, uh, patterns, my actions. And I was just like, you know what? I see that um, I'm not, I'm not available right now. You know? Mm-hmm. So since she was very clear in what she wants, which is women's job, right? Like you need to be clear on what you want and communicate it. And I was not in a place where I could genuinely provide, provide that, even though I liked the idea of providing that and being with her and experiencing things with her. Uh, I was just like, no, um, I still need to be with myself a little more, you know? So that would be my, my call to men is just care for a woman's heart, mm-hmm. you know, be, be kind, be gentle. Don't be reckless. Um, cause there's already, there's already been a lot of that in the world, you know, so don't, don't add to it. Uh, if you're a hazard, let them know from the beginning, you know, that way they can proceed <laughs> at their own risk. <laughs> I imagine like this, like flashing hazard. I'm <laughs> like, just so you know, I'm a hazard. It's yeah. only, right? But, yeah. but I, I truly feel that, that the more we date and we're in this like personal development, energetic work, seeing our patterns, tuning into other people's energy, like we, they, 
a lot of people who have hazards, like they pretty much mm-hmm. are flashing. It's yeah. are we available to recognize that and to love ourselves so much that although there may be some shiny parts about this person, can you recognize the hazard and, and make the best decision for yourself? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I want to make two things clear. The first is, although we're talking about men and women, of course, the opposite can be happening to you know, a man and the opposite can be happening to a woman. We're just talking about what we've noticed most frequently in, you know, um, heterosexual relationships. And I love what you brought up about women um, because it's so true. Like for me to look back on the relationships I've been in, I see how I attracted that into my life Mm -hmm. and how I allowed myself to stay even though there were so many red flags, right? Mm-hmm. It was because it was like, oh, but I just, you know, just a little longer. Like, I just want to mm-hmm. feel connected to them a little longer. Mm-hmm. And I just want to feel their love a little longer. And um, it was really just like procrastinating the inevitable mm-hmm. and making it harder for myself whenever I did let go and say no. Um, but of course, every dating experience is a learning opportunity and we get to get more clear on, okay, well, I'm not available for that in the next one. And <laughs> eventually, mm-hmm. you know, we meet the love of our life and yeah. fall in love and have a beautiful baby potentially <laughs> like what you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did you have any idea that you'd meet the love of your life in Costa Rica and have no, a baby. Absolutely not. No. No. And definitely not the baby. No. Mm-hmm. No, my we just had the new year, right? And I thought back and said, okay, what was what was my word for 2022? I had this questionnaire. It's like, what's one word that you would sum up 2022? It's like, wow, it's very it's a lot of pressure. Uh, but yeah, my one word is surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking unexpected. <laughs> surprise, you know, definitely. Uh, so. I love it. What's yeah. your word for 2023? Joy. Joy. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. All right. This feels really lovely as a place to kind of wrap up this episode. So Caesar, you have so many ways that people can connect with you. I know you have a podcast. I know mm-hmm. you're doing coaching now and mm-hmm. you're doing marketing. So do you want to share about the different ways people can connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. If if you're a man who's willing and, and is interested to do that inner work, explore your heart, connect deeper with your heart, I do run free man circles, mm-hmm. right? So... You join for free and you can connect with me on Instagram. It's probably the easiest way at journey with Caesar. Caesar is C-E-S-A-R in Spanish, a journey with Caesar. And you can also find me at loveisournature.com. I kind of just keep everything in there. Uh, that's where I do some writing and where you can find the podcast as well. And also coaching sessions and stuff like that. Beautiful. Well, Caesar, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was an honor to be able to to uh, share some of your story and some of your wisdom with my community. And yeah, thank you. Mm. I love you. Yeah, I love you too. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Breathe and Receive podcast. If you enjoyed it, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with a friend or tagged me on social media. 
I love you and I hope you have a beautiful, magical day.